Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to yet another episode of the Mainstream Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and I'm here with Chris again for another week. We're doing it again. It's still going. Still going, still going. Another another episode. So today, we're going to do our normal, you know, weekly roundup, uh, give you some, some catch-up that we, some things we probably picked up over the weekend or did. Motherfucker. <laughs> what the? Did he just drop something? My, the... my hands flipped. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. But yeah, we're going to try to catch up on, you know, a little bit of news from the week. Uh, our topics. We're going to hop into the topic of the episode of the future of what work. What is it going to look like? We're going to give you that work. What, what, what is it going to look like when we go back? If we go back, what some companies are saying it will look like or they think it will look like we'll give you a little bit of information on that and then we'll round it out with the digital life we all live whether it's gaming or audio or movies or something we all pretty much live a digital life and it may not be for the best and it may be some things about it that you don't understand so we'll dive into that as well but first the you know the weekly roundup of things you know that's where we'll start and Again, this week, some interesting. Well, actually, it was more like last week or so, right? The Cyberpunk 2077. So this this game is coming out real soon, right? That everybody is somewhat hankering for because it's made by a company that makes like one game. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm kidding. But they they do really good with open platform action adventure type games. But uh, Cyberpunk has a fan-made trailer and the it'll be in the in the show links below the show notes um it was actually very interesting it was not done by the company that makes the game it was done by you know a fan it's a fan-made uh trailer but it looks amazing i know chris you watched it it was just amazing what it looked like right yeah it was like the highest quality cosplay you you could think of with all the special effects and like it, it was a pretty awesome trailer because some of it looking at it i wasn't sure if it was cgi and then i'm looking at it like oh that's just the effects and the the costumes and everything and the the sets and like all that everything they put into it it looks so damn good so it looked like a professional professional shoot like they could turn that into a damn cyberpunk movie right there so it was pretty pretty hyped up that somebody went ahead and did that just for the game right and it was it was very like you said you could not tell from cgi or real people it was really that well done so kudos to them it unfortunately it's very short it literally is a trailer not a full it's not like one of those um fan-made movies or shorts it's even shorter than that it is literally a trailer so yeah go like check it out half, two minutes right but it, it's awesome it's, it's, a, it's a good wild ride because you're gonna hook up for the full game Right. What wasn't a trailer, something I finally finished and finished um, Saturday, uh, Sunday before last, I believe, was The Last Dance. And boy, that is some riveting TV. That is some I I honestly have a new appreciation. I did grow up in the quote unquote Jordan era, but I actually mostly grew up in the the Kobe era. Like people are our age is normally we we forget Jordan kind of started before we even were into basketball like when he was drafted into the nba i was four years old so but i got a new appreciation for the homie the dude took this team on his back for real for real like you can call him asshole for all the stuff he probably did behind the scenes but (laughs) man he took that team on his back for real for real no it seems like he pushed everybody he was around and even though he did some crazy stuff he might have pissed some people off along the way they couldn't complain about him not, you know, putting everything on the line out there. So, dude went right. for it. 
He's the greatest he, of all he, time. But, but you're right. We were pretty young when Jordan first started, but we feel like we were in that Jordan era in the in the mid-90s during his peak. So we were, right. we were kind of coming through there and then transitioned right into the, the Kobe era when we, we got a little bit older. Right, yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's crazy because it's like the Kobe era was like, Right in our prime, Kobe is literally my was my age, and you know, rep there. But you know, um, it's it's crazy. But most of us remember the Michael Jordan. But if you haven't seen the Last Dance, man, get an ESPN. You know, uh, even if it's a trial, just binge watch it if you can. It is it, dope. It's it's worth the watch for sure. It it, 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 it they do some crazy stuff in that stuff. But you know, it, it's one of those things where it's a show. That you can't get enough of. I'm I'm just waiting for them to make the next set like the Warriors of you know this generation or something. Somebody else or Kobe, somebody having another one that's like this that's just that great. But we will have to wait and see. And last but not least, on my side of, of Roundup, New Mutants um, movie finally got a new release date, and I know that October, was one you were waiting on, Chris. I was saying October thirty second, right? 2075 is when it's coming out. October 31st. No, it's more like August 2020. <laughs> it it, it seems moment. like it's been forever. It, it, seems, it does seem like it's been forever. And it keeps getting pushed back. So let's hope it actually makes it to August release date because if not, that would really suck. But at, at least we know on paper that they're supposed to be out. So hopefully it goes. What about your on your side? What you been up to on her? Well, I haven't been waiting around for New Mutants because I wrote that movie off already. Exactly. <laughs> but speaking of uh, movies that actually did come out, I, I finally caught up and watched the Sonic movie. And you know what? It, it was actually pretty good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my reputation out there and, and put my name on that and co-sign that, yes, uh, Sonic was a good movie. I, I recommend it. I think you should go watch it if you haven't seen it. Good movie. Okay. Okay. Have you seen it? You, you missed it out. Yeah. No, it. I haven't seen it yet. I, it's one of those movies where I'm like, I don't really know if I want to see it, but now that you you're saying it's worth the watch, I I may go check it out. The 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 tone of it and how they actually pulled it off with the with the comedic timing and the the jokes and the lightheartedness of it, but the just the attitude of Sonic throughout the movie, they kind of nailed all that. Even though some of the earlier trailers really made you think it was going to be a terrible directed to dvd just garbage film it right. was actually funny like from the first the first gag out the gate i was cracking up like i was laughing at the beginning of the, movie, the first five minutes so that was a good sign and then from there it stayed lighthearted and good it was just like the right tone and it wasn't i was afraid there'd be too much jim carrey trying to be jim carrey in it like current jim right. carrey is not as good as it, he used to be maybe a little, little bit he's kind of off, off the deep end these days but uh oh, you've been doing it just for the like right 30 balance. years <laughs> yeah yeah, I guess you gotta get, you gotta get tired of stuff eventually and just start acting acting a fool when you're I mean, you've been doing it for so long. But it was just the right balance of everybody in the movie, and it, and it turned out pretty pretty awesome, pretty entertaining. And they left it open at the end. Of course, I didn't know a little twist was coming, so there is after credits to the Sonic. No movie. spoiler. So they were like, "Oh, just in case this movie makes some money, we're gonna leave a little opening for us. So maybe in a few years we get we get part two, we get Sonic Adventure two. Who knows?" Okay. No, no, that sounds like a, a good watch. I, I'll put it on my list of things to watch for sure. Yeah, hit that up. And something I'm wanting to hit up in August also that not, not New Mutants, but part of the Mafia trilogy, they are releasing all three together. Or they're actually separate, but you can buy them together. So it's a weird package they got going on because they all have different release dates. But 
the Mafia trilogy, they actually remade the very first Mafia game from the ground up. So that one's totally current, new engine, new textures, just new new gameplay, all, all enhanced from 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 uh, scratch. There, that's the oldest one that was really janky back in the day. I remember playing it early on on the PC, and it was just hard to get through. Bad controls, just kind of weird, janky gameplay. So I never finished it, but the remake looks like amazing. But what they're trying to get you hyped up on is two and three. They're including in this trilogy, even though they're already out. So in case of two, if you own it on Steam or another platform, you kind of got a free upgrade, which they really didn't do much to it, just a, a few graphical enhancements. So two is not a right. full remake, and three, they're just giving everybody the DLC for free, basically. So really, one is what everybody wants. It comes out the latest. we got to wait another two months, three months to get to it. Yeah, I'm wondering why they decided to remake one, and that, that's kind of an interesting idea, to remake the first one from the ground up. That's kind of odd. Yeah, the first one is, is mid two thousands, maybe like a two thousand five, two thousand four, something like that. It's, it's in the early two thousands, and then Mafia Two was in the Xbox three sixty era. So you can kind of see those kind of graphics. So that I mean, it was two thousand eight, two thousand seven, somewhere around there. And then Mafia Three, we know, came out twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, maybe right. even older than that. So it's kind of it's more it's the current generation of the Xbox One and PS four. So. It's interesting they decided to do a whole trilogy, but I was hoping they remade two, but I figured they must have thought that it was just recent enough not to touch it, but one did need an upgrade. When you're looking at the comparisons, like one was was ugly, man. They couldn't do that today. They needed to start over on that one. So it's coming. It's a couple more months, but hopefully that one actually plays well and is awesome because it looks like it'd be a fun romp through to go through be a little mafia man again. I feel you on that one. It, it may be something I, I pick up. I have two haven't really played it so uh, i guess i have I recommend, to i recommend it, too. It, it was nice yeah good story yeah like i may have story, to play it it's cool now oh some stuff is selling i'll give you i'll give you like one guess which you, you already know the answer because you're looking at the notes but man what, what can sell 200 million units these days that isn't tetris it's that damn leisure, that these kids be playing leisure suit larry yes yes, Le- yes. leisure suit larry uh, two the sequel nope. sold 200 million <laughs> oh, oh, okay, no, okay. Let me guess, is Minecraft? It's what the kids are doing these days, man. Wow. I'm not on it. Are you no. on it? No, not at all. No, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's playing. Apparently, apparently, about 130 million people a month are still logging in and playing. It's just, can you, can you imagine a a game these days that's selling 200 million? That's what is it? Almost 10 years old, something around that. And it's still uh, selling and trucking along. It's ridiculous. I mean, there, there's all you know. What's what's actually interesting about that is if they actually probably charged for CS:GO, it would probably be about the same numbers. But since it was free to play, you know, whatever, I think it would probably be the same. But no, there there really isn't any game that's that old that's still selling high case like that. Not not two hundred million. That's that's crazy. The next one one in line is. Grand Theft Auto 6. They, they, they announced right after that that they hit 130 million copies. And they, they claim in their press release that they're the best-selling game of the last 10 years. But I don't know how 130 mm-hmm. million is bigger than 200 million, so they must not count Minecraft as a game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't count Minecraft as a game. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's about right. Yeah, it's a little play box toy thing for, for somebody. I don't know. People can do some badass stuff in there, but it never never really caught me. Never People are playing the hell out of that game. It's 
it's it's insane how many copies this sold. Well, yeah, then you couple that with the pandemic. I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably ended up buying it a second time on some other system to play it right now. That that sounds about right. Yeah, and it has crossplay with everything, so that's one of the easy games you can buy it and play it wherever you want to. But yeah, Microsoft, right. couple billion dollar investment on that one that paid off. Hey, it you know sometimes people make a, a a risky bet and it pays off, and this one actually paid off for them tenfold for sure. Uh, HBO Max is coming out tomorrow. And if you don't know, they actually went back and made 80 new episodes of Looney Tunes for, for, for the kids, the adults, the, the grandmas and grandpas, anybody who wants to watch the Looney Tunes. So that's debuting tomorrow. And they're actually not just the old stuff. It's from scratch. And if you don't like Looney Tunes. Wait, did you say 80, 80 new episodes? It's each. So they're small little wow. snippets, but it, it, it's brand new stuff. And actually, they're saying it's actually like reviewed very well. But I, 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 I had to check that out. I'm going to skip over Looney Tunes and go straight to Ed, Ed, and Eddie because they're launching with all seasons, all episodes of the original Ed, Ed, and Eddie. So, so what's up? What's up with that? What do you got to say about that? Oh, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I may actually go pick it up. I mean, especially if it comes out tomorrow, hopefully they give some free trials and stuff because I'll, I'll definitely go and see what, what's on there right quick. Dude, if you got HBO right now, just upgrade one of your thousands of accounts or something, or maybe I'll, I'll slide you a. Some kind of password somewhere, maybe. We'll see. Slide me in my DMs, bro. Slide me in. I don't my want DMs. to, but I might have to. <laughs> and last but not least, we got more cancellations. More more sad times, man. This is the bad news. It's official. They canceled Seinfeld. It's official. No. Wait, what? They okay, dude. Oh, sorry, I, I don't know if you're still living in nineteen ninety five or not. Yeah, I'm looking at my old notes. My bad. I gotta get today's notes out. Yeah, an- another one bites the dust with BlizzCon being canceled. So rep there as 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 well. Sorry, it's, Jason. It's getting to a point where that nothing, nothing's gonna be out. No, you're not gonna be able to gather and do anything like like that for a while, probably. So anything that you think you're going to this year, you might want to put it on the books that you're not going to it this year. That's probably what's going to happen. Well, I think a lot of these these big company gatherings. Yes, they're going to continue to get canceled, which it looks like all the companies have done the right thing and and shut it down for 2020, kind of written the year off. Going to keep the all digital thing full steam ahead. But if you saw people this weekend, uh, people are out there opening up the economy, going to uh, rivers and floating and swimming and partying right. and going to the beach. And a lot of it looks like people forgot everything was going on and just went back to normal. But then at the same time, you got... Uh, conventions being canceled because they don't want to get 50,000 people in one room. So at least they're, they're doing, I think they're doing the right yeah. thing. Just putting it off for next year until they can uh, put a space show together. Yeah. Cause there's a lot that goes along with it. I mean, it's not just the, the convention it's the, where they have to stay and who's coming, who's not coming. So there's a lot to go along with it, but I, they, they're doing the right thing at that point. I mean, it, it really is a very strange situation they have large gatherings at any place at this point uh not right this second like two who knows two weeks from now three weeks from now who cares but my my thing is 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 it is starting to go back to normal a lot of people going out a lot more i mean i myself went out this weekend so fifty thousand people versus 10 people in a room is there is a very big <laughs> difference there i mean it's a very yeah. very very big difference so and you got people and, coming all over the like, world coming to one spot so and then taking it back home right. with them on the planes it's a lot different than just uh you know going 
somewhere local. Right. Very, very different. So, and that's a good segue to one of our topics of the day of the future of work, gathering a whole bunch of people in one little spot. So, um, most of us at one time or currently or something work, work, working, worked some, some iteration of this in a, a corporate office setting, probably. And that's one of those places where it's being scrutinized a lot with, you know, big glass towers full of people like your major, major companies all have, you know, multiple corporate, you know, destinations for their, their employees to go to. I mean, I know, you know, Chris, I know you work, work in one currently. I worked in one, um, Everybody I know who works in a corporate setting, except for a hand select few, um, works in these glass people keepers. So there's one company who says what the future of work may look like versus what we're thinking it's going to look like. And it's going to be very different. It's going to look like some TV sci-fi movie kind of thing. And I give you one guess of that company, who that company could be, who says this is what the future is going to look like. I'll say a company that's big enough to try something crazy. Facebook. Exactly. Am I right? What so, I mean? you, you win another 10 years until retirement. Good job. Ooh. So other than that, um, yeah, they, they actually came out and teased a what remote work would look like in a post-pandemic era type of setting. And it's like VR and AR. And now looking at what, what was in the actual article and the video and everything, it was crazy to, to think about um, what can be done with tech nowadays. Like it is, you can do pretty much anything anywhere. And like, this is not even the first company that brought that up. Actually, Gabe Newell actually brought it up originally and said how close we were to being what the matrix was, you know, plugging the back of your head into a machine. Like you, he's <laughs> like, you have no idea how close we actually are to that. And to see another company like Facebook come out and say, augmented reality and virtual reality is the future of workplace, which is just crazy as a think about it. I mean, I, it, it's one of those things you've seen Blade Runner, right? The, the new, even the, the remake or the first one. Yeah. Okay, so just to think that we live in a society like that. Now you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this with the truth. In 1990 something, we thought we were gonna be driving flying cars by now, right? So, and that hasn't happened yet. We ain't even close to that. We hadn't even got to a point where we have fully electric vehicles yet. We're mostly still gas dependent, right? So let me temper your expectation of you being able to cloud float and type in the middle of the air and all this stuff. But it's pretty (laughs) crazy to think about how close we are to that, that, you know, a VR AR type situation. And Facebook is one of those companies who got the money to do it, which is crazy. Yeah. The the neat thing about it is they're using existing technology with their Oculus headsets that are already out there and using a feature where, you can see with the outer facing cameras, like what you're doing. So they're doing a, that blend, like you mentioned, AR, where you can have multiple screens up, but you can still see your hands on the keyboard to get that tactile feel like you're still in the real world. Thing with extra screens, giant right. monitors, crazy setups, have all this stuff going. And 
uh, just kind of massive multitask setup where you don't have to have 10 monitors at the house and everybody can have like their own bath and try to get the work done. So it's, it's like they're trying to set up people to feel like they're in uh, an office setting in some kind of way, but still work, everybody work remotely. Which you said it might take five to 10 years to get yeah. a majority or even half of the company working working this way, but I bet you will see some some stuff like that where not everybody's sitting at home where they may have something like what the Apple glass could look like where it's real thin and sleek, but what you see out of your, out of your right. headset is all the augmented stuff, but you're not wearing a full headset where you're you know locked away from everybody around you and just sitting at your house with a box on your head. But it, I think it, right. that, that blending <laughs> yeah. will happen. I, I'm I'm kind of torn on it. I mean, mainly because it's one of those things where you can sit. Not everybody can do this. First off, we we don't we we don't live in a society completely. Just everybody has unlimited resources and funds to do this. First, that's the first thing. So that means you will be limiting this to only people who could afford it. That's the first thing, unless the company is going to give it to you, which more than likely they're not. Um, so then you limit you're limited to people who can afford it, and you not only you you should know this yourself. You don't not only do you have to be able to afford this this headset, but you have to be able to afford afford the resources that go with the headset. Like now, yeah, I know we have some some VR headsets nowadays that do not need a computer. However, the more powerful ones do need something that you know powers it, uh, whether it's a box or a computer or something that powers it. So you're only going to be limited to people who can afford it. That's the first thing. So your normal everyday workers can't afford to do that at all. So I, I, I think it'd be blended and Facebook is a perfect place for it. I mean, that's, they already are set up to a point where people can work from home already. They are an IT ran kind of company. So it's perfect for them to try to, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even blink if it, if, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Microsoft, Amazon actually did this in the next two to three years. I can actually see them pulling it off because a lot of them will probably even give it to them and try to try to make this happen. Those are the people who can use the resources they have to try to do this first and set the, the scale for everybody else to follow. Right. I yeah, and I can see it happening quicker with them, but then as you go further and further along, it's going to be harder to get everybody to adopt it. I mean, yeah, just think about this. We're going to, we, let's talk about Chris's work habits, right? Let's talk about, it's already bad enough if you had to sit in front of your computer right now, you're in the pandemic, you know, sin, sitting at home phase, right? Yeah, just then, sitting around but all also, day. But then also you got to wear something on top of your head on top of that all day. Yeah, nobody, they don't recommend you right now playing games to be in VR for eight hours a day, so they definitely wouldn't tell you to, to jump in on a headset for eight hours and do work all like you're going to get eye strain. You're going to get some kind of, you're going to get some new VR psychosis thing going on that, that doctors are going to have to uh, give prescriptions for to cure. Like a bunch of issues are going to start happening. Big old head issues, neck issues. Who knows what's going to happen, but bobblehead ass. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was a myth because I was about to start checking. Oh, bobblehead. Ass? Oh, sorry. not going to be able to hold your neck up and stuff. So a whole suit of problems could come from that, but, you're right. It does not apply to everybody. It feels like we're in that just correct mix of having an office job and 
working in a corporate environment. Because it's kind of funny, as you were saying that, you can correctly assume that most of the people we know, most of the people I know, and just, I guess that's part of our career and who we've hung out with and everything. A lot of people have office jobs, a lot of people have cubicle jobs. I don't know a lot of people digging ditches and working on electrical power lines and, you know, plumbers and stuff like that. So it's like most right. of our generation goes through school, gets a job and works in an office somewhere at some corporation or doing something. So we all have the ability to do this home office setup, but it, it can't be restricted by the, the technology of who can afford it. But when you think about moving all the work site and employees to a majority offsite, think about the savings right. that the company's going to get from not having to have a giant building with 10,000 people, all the, all the money that goes into running that and keeping that going. Right. They, they could use the $2,000 that it costs for a, a computer that can run it and a headset and mail it out to the person to have them just work remotely and like save a lot probably doing it that way. So they could probably even afford to provide the technology for everybody, get them up and running and maybe even like help them subsidize their internet bill or something like that, depending on, you know, what part of the world the person's in like how they need to get set up with it. But I can see it actually saving the company money to have everybody working remotely. But you, you know, the next, yeah. the next thing about working remotely people get into is how do you make sure people are actually working this, the productivity <laughs> are people on there True. working? Are they doing a couple of emails and then checking out for five hours and then checking in at four o'clock? Like that definitely does happen. And what, what's scary is that of course, companies have thought about this even before the Covidia happened. I, I saw an article. I read, I read some stuff about. I don't, I don't. Now I don't remember which company it was that did this, but they were testing some work at home thing where, I guess they use your webcam or something you had to put on your computer, and they could track your eyes. So they knew when you're looking at your computer and like what you were doing, and they could at all times since it was their company computer, see what programs you had up. Of course, they're tracking your web traffic, all that. So if you're not on there looking at your computer doing something they know you're not working. You step up, go away, do something else. The computer's going to say, oh, you weren't here for two hours. So it's like, then if they're going to trust us to work in our homes and be remote and like be productive, they're, they're giving us this computer and this headset to, to work at home. They're going to want to make sure we're actually working. So then in 10 years, I bet we're going to have all these issues. Of, or can they put up a camera and point it at me and track me while I'm working in my office at my house to make sure I'm in my job? They're going to do some weird stuff like that. You, you watch. They're going to start tracking their employees. Of course. too. Of course they will, because not everybody actually works when they're supposed to. Chris, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, I didn't mean to put your business out there, but then one time I, I you went to the store, wait, and wait. got some uh, drinks in the middle. Of the day. It's crazy, man. Everybody needs a drink break. I might, I might have been out that day. You never know. And I don't be you. looking at I don't be you. looking at my, my profile status on Discord. Jeez, I know, right? I'd be looking like, man, what is you doing? This is gonna be at work. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I feel you. <laughs> There, there actually is some more negatives al along with that too. I mean, aside from that, yeah, the the tracking thing is going. It, it's going to be something they're going to figure out a way to make sure that the person is working because they don't want to pay you for not working. I mean, that's as honest truth. They they don't. But then there's some other parts of it that's kind of, you know, kind of interesting if you look at it. Companies are not going to, like you said, okay, they're going to be able to subsidize some of the, the cost of having giant buildings. But honestly, these giant buildings are not going to go anywhere. The big companies already own their big buildings in most cases. It's not like they're subletting or leasing it. Most of them built their campuses. So they're still going to be stuck with the bill of this giant campus unless they sell it off to somebody else. 
But the other negative part is that the, it's going to start devaluing jobs because when a company doesn't have to worry about you traveling from your home into an office, they can say, okay, well, if you were driving here every day, that may be worth an extra 5K or 10K in your, your salary. And they're like, okay, since you're not driving here, having to be here eight hours or nine hours or 10 hours or 12 or whatever the amount of time is, and then drive home, maybe you, you, since you're sitting at home, you don't need a car. So, hey, maybe we give you $5,000 less or $6,000 less or $7,000 less just to offset the cost of you not having to come into an office. So I got a feeling like a lot of, a lot of, especially the younger crowd, the, the 35 and younger people are, they're super happy about being able to work from home. People older hate it. Like if you're older than 35, you hate it. You're used to being in the office because you feel more productive, yeah. but younger kids are like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. But I, there's always a double edged sword to that. Yeah. They like for you to not be there either at this point, because you're getting, you might get somebody sick or you might get sick. But when they start realizing they can probably cut a little bit of money here and there on a person and save a little bit on your salary just because you don't have to journey into a actual workplace. That's what I'm waiting to see happen that people start getting less money. And then the second like major flaw to this whole thing is remote working is not good for everybody because what you're going to start realizing there's already companies that have remote help desk or it desk or um bi admin desk or whatever in other countries the reason for that is it's cheaper to have a remote person be in and, and i hate saying india and stuff but if that's normal where it yep. is or china or something like that china or something like that but those remote people are in india china or mexico sometimes they're not getting paid half the amount of money that they're paying somebody who's sitting in the office in you know san antonio texas so eventually companies will get smart be like okay if remote is where we're going they're gonna start putting remote in places where they can save the most amount of money which means fewer jobs within the future ar vr system in the united states that's all that's all very true those are good points they will try to work this for their advantage because any any kind of societal change you know big business is gonna figure out do the math get their actuary out there get with their account move some numbers around cut something change change benefits you know, it would probably totally change the benefit landscape of the kind of insurance coverage and things that they give you. Uh, just, it's going to change a lot of industries, basically, anymore. And, yeah, they could use those as justifications for why you don't need as much salary because you're not going anywhere. You're just staying at the house. So I bet, I bet that will start happening. It'll probably take a few years to trickle down, but you can see some wages. I bet if we'd start tracking those after a few years that certain jobs and things and industries do either stagnate or they and it's a sad thing big business always gonna find a way to make their money that's what they do i mean they they learn to make their money they know where to to pull from where to add to to make that money so that's what they it's do that capitalism but, man is out to get you <laughs> all right i mean o overall though i mean it's one of those it, it's gonna be this sci-fi future five years from now but i mean i <sighs> It's hard to say that this will be something that goes, you know, mainstream, especially now, like right away, because 
you got you got two separate groups of people. You got people who feel like um, this is a, a bunch of bull, uh, and we should be able to go and work and do whatever we want. We're looking at you, Michigan. Y'all crazy. Um, uh, and then you got the other group of people. Well, actually, it's three groups, but the other group of people are in fear and don't want to leave their home or just feel like that everything they touch is going to get them sick. And then you got people like me who was like, it's just a flu, and, you know, and I'm probably 100 percent wrong. <laughs> but, you know, the ones in the middle are the ones who are kind of like, eh, you know, you, you pick and choose your battles. Like you pick and choose to go outside. You pick and choose to go to the grocery store. You pick and choose to stay indoors for seven hours in, in, in a row or seven days in a row or 24 days in a row or like three months like I was doing for a while. <laughs> but um, you but the future of work it's not going to change that quickly. I mean, I, and I know people keep throwing around this societal change that's going to happen. Like it's going to be a big change. Like we've been through a pandemic before we've been through several before it didn't necessarily change anything. And I mean, it, we went through it. Um, people, you know, perished. People started washing their damn hands and, it kind of got back to normal. It may take longer because we haven't seen it in such a long time as to get back to normal. But I think it's just going to go back to a normal at some point. And it's not going to be where everybody's AR, BRing from, you know, day one, no, no, I don't think, at least. Offices, that's still going to go on. That That's definitely not going away. What you're going to see is a, a change in behavior when you're at the office. Is you're going to see some social distancing rules, maybe, or masks in the in the lunch area, in the common area, something like that, or some other kind of restrictions, more sanitizing of the office, there's more right. safety procedures around things like that, maybe temperature checks. You could you could have some of this at certain companies, and I've already seen some people trying to roll that out. So that 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 stuff will happen, but we're still going to be going to work, going to an office eventually, and do that kind of stuff. It's just going to be under a little different circumstances, but it. You yeah. may, I know, going to be behind the curve, but if you look at what Canada's proposing right now, when they come out of this, oh, when it gets back to, you know, quote unquote normal, they're talking about how about we go to a four day work week because it's proven that a four day work week is more productive. I believe France generally works on a four day work week. People are happier. People have more free time. People get more work done when they're at work for those four days. So they maybe work four days, ten hours a day instead of eight hours a day, get their time in, and then. People are more sane because they're kind of getting more three-day breaks here and there than, you know, the, the five days of vacation, 10 days maybe that a, a small majority of Americans get if they even get any vacation. So that'd be nice if we went to that system because I, I bet Canada will be progressive enough to try to implement that on a large scale. So that could be a future of work where you're getting less people rotating in and out of the office on, you know, different schedules. That's a possibility. Yeah, that's a possibility. I don't think your president is going to let that happen, though. But yeah, that's no. a very good possibility. <laughs> I don't see it happening. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, honestly, in the United States, yes, there's people who work heavily, and that's true. Uh, we still are not one of the countries where people work nonstop until they die, like Japan <laughs> no. and some of the other Asian countries. Like these folks work until they die, die. So I'm a 24 day work week, though. You got China working people like slaves until they die, making them stay in the factories and live there by force. And then you have Japan that people do it voluntarily because it's a societal thing. And if you don't work until you die, you and bring shame on your family and say you're lazy. 
So those people do it <laughs> on their own. You their bring own. shame on this family? So, so it's funny, yeah, over there they do have right. work ethic, but they're under different circumstances. Right. And 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 I'm with you with the whole the change of because I mean speaking of you know Asian countries in Japan like they they wear masks all the time. It, it I think it's one of those things where it's like societal here where it's just so uncommon to see people wearing like a surgical mask or even a fa- just a regular face mask outside and you're looking at them like you're crazy. Like for instance, like even with myself, I I went to a place, I had a mask nobody in the place had a mask on and they looked at me like I was about to rob the place. It didn't help that I was black, but you know, that, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's the only thing without a mask. So that's, I think that was a hyperbole. <laughs> but they, they looked at me like, what, what is this brother doing? I'm like, I'm wearing a mask because they say wear a mask, but then nobody's wearing one. So may, maybe now we'll get to a point where people try to wear, you know, face, but when you have a cold that you wear a mask, you know, to help other people instead of taking your nasty ass outside and sneezing Anything and wiping you, your hands on everything. Like infectious, just go ahead and put on a mask on and everybody knows that you're, you might have something. So they've been doing it in yeah, Asian man. countries since like, SARS in 2002, I think after that it became pretty commonplace for everybody just to wear a mask anyways. So hopefully that, that sets in and we don't literally become the Jetsons all of a sudden overnight for no apparent reason. But it, I think it's going to change a little bit. Uh, we will go back to, to some offices at some point and maybe it may be some people get full-time remote jobs and it'd be, it ain't gonna be VR, AR, but it'd just be remote because you can work from anywhere. I mean, that's one of the 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 great things about technology you can actually work from anywhere you want to it sucks because like you're always got to work but you can do it from anywhere it's, it's pretty possible for sure but how, how about yeah anything is possible <laughs> i was trying to find a good segue coming out of that directly into the next little topic about your digital life right to repair do you digital. own what you buy online right. are you just renting everything you buy digitally can you you know, take apart your Tesla in your garage and uh, repair it yourself. Take it to the local mechanic. Th- things like that. That's issues that we. Bro, you got a Tesla? Wait, oh, we we you, you don't. Come bro, I, I've been up, bro. Where you at? <laughs> I'll, come see I'm me, man. In... I'll take you for a ride. Man, I gotta, go, I gotta come see you, bro. I gotta come see man, you. I wish I had a Tesla. I, I didn't even get that pre-order <laughs> on that truck, dude. Someday, dang, that's messed up. Well, some of these days, I'm gonna have that supercharger network in my, in my garage. You watch in about 20, 30,000 years. <laughs> yeah, so this is something we, we haven't been dealing with until I'd say the last 10, 15 years on, on certain things where Apple, uh, Tesla, John Deere on, on the side of being able to control and own your product that you buy from them and repair it just like you've been able to repair your bicycle, your car, change out the engine, take it apart, put it back together. The new technology these days has so many computer parts, uh, firmware. It's controlled by software. Most of it. Otherwise it's just a dead machine. And it's just a brick. It's a giant paperweight if you don't have the software. So what they've been able to do is slowly and surely try to lock, lock us out of, being able to update that software and only have it repairable if you go through the proper channels, make an appointment at the Apple store, uh, send it to a Tesla repair shop only for them to repair it and get it back to you in six to eight weeks. You can't take it to your corner mechanic and get it repaired in a day. You got to order parts from them and they're locked down and they won't give you the, the manuals to fix it. And the farmers have been dealing with this for years with John Deere tractors where 
they can't repair their tractors and all their equipment when stuff goes down. They got to tow it, you know, 500 miles to the nearest facility to get it repaired. Otherwise, they they won't service it. And if you try to repair yourself, it voids the warranty. So you've had farmers hacking their own uh, trailers and equipment with like Russian software hacks to get this unlocked firmware so they can do software updates on their on their tractors and everything so they can actually, you know, get the food off the ground or planted and harvested and into the stores and done so they can like keep going so they don't lose thousands of dollars a day when a machine goes down. And they're they're actively fighting. The Wait, company, how, how do you know it was Russian this. though? Well, they, they, well, if you watch the device thing that I could link in the show notes, <laughs> you will see oh, they actually nice. got the, the farmers say, hey, I got this Russian software hack to unlock this thing. <laughs> so they, they literally like went to plug. Russia to actually get someone that could help them out and they had to go overseas to do it. And it's it's pretty pretty damn wild, but you got farmers dealing with that. They can't do their own stuff. You've got people that have been locked out and their Tesla is disabled and banned from the network, so you can't use the phone app. You can't get on a supercharger network. You can't get any further updates when they release changes to the car. If you repaired your own stuff, they blacklist your serial number. Because there, there's uh, videos on. Uh, there's a guy that he learned how to repair everything from the Tesla inside and out, but the cars he repairs on aftermarket, they get blacklisted from this, from the system. So it's like they, they want you to go through them only, but it seems totally against the last couple hundred years of everything we know about buying stuff and owning it and being able to repair it yourself and do your own things to it. So what, what do you think about that future and how we should fight against that? And the big companies trying to take away those right to repair abilities i I think the future is now and that it really sucks though well uh, honestly i don't understand why it is a situation where you can't you buy something and i think there's a big difference between hardware and a software situation because right now we're talking about a hardware situation um technically yeah it has software on the hardware but we're really talking about a hardware situation i don't understand i do understand it as a business side because as a business um there is a lot of information that goes into how they build products and you don't want that to get into competitors or even just the average consumer's hand because the first thing that could happen is they they're not looking at it as you trying to repair your own stuff, but they're looking at it as somebody trying to reverse engineer what they created. So they don't want you to be able to get into it and do all these things because they're, they're afraid that somebody would get that information and turn it into a, a business. Um, and it does suck because there's a lot of times where you may not be able to afford and, I, and this is one thing I thought about just recently, like it may be cheaper to buy a product again than to get it repaired. In some cases, is there are some items that yeah, it costs more than just you can just buy a new one instead of getting what you had repaired at that point. So, I'm I'm not I'm not percent against companies, but I am about eighty five percent against companies doing it doing that logic, not allowing you to be able to work on your stuff. Like just recently in the news that. Um, Nintendo, you know, is getting sued for um, their Joy Cons, and this happens on almost every controller ever, right? 
like you get what they call a Joy-Con drift where the Joy-Cons get stuck or over time it starts to, you know, leave dead center. Um, and they were getting sued by somebody because they were saying the, the person was suing them is saying that they knew that this was a problem. They never fixed it and they don't want to fix them right now at all because they don't want it to come back from a person. So they, they have this big lawsuit. But what I didn't know, if you read the story about it in certain states and unfortunately not here, uh, in certain states, they are there's bills out for companies to release repair information for their items and big companies don't want that to happen because they don't want to have to give consumers or anybody how something was created so that they can fix it because again somebody can reverse engineer and say okay this is how they got rumble to work this is how they got this switching thing to happen well, for the switch the, I, I see what you're saying They're, they don't want to give away their their software that's that's for sure nobody wants to give away the source code the exact way that it was programmed but how far they're taking it now is that they don't even want to give away diagnostic tools to let a third party shop figure out what the problem is and fix it. So you can put an ODB thing on your car right. right now and figure out, okay, this is what this code means. I can fix this and that. They don't want you to shimmy, shimmy, that on your Tesla, on your John Deere, on your Apple uh, device, on your MacBook. There's, uh, was it Lewis Rossman on, on YouTube, famous guy that repairs stuff, has a repair shop in New York. He has to go on the right. board, little each microchip by microchip, every little connection, every solder point, and reverse engineer and kind of figure out just the blueprint of this piece here makes the monitor turn on. This piece here makes the you know the L key work on the keyboard and reverse engineer every little piece of it. And that's not even software related. That's just here's the blueprint to the motherboard. They don't want to tell you how it works and how to repair it because they want you to go to the Apple store and they tell you it's eight hundred dollars when he can do it for a hundred bucks. But they don't want to sell the parts to do it. They don't want to sell the, the backup batteries to replace it. They, they really want you to upgrade and get a whole new thing or pay a crazy ass uh, repair fee. But it's almost, I look at it, it is, you know, different technology because it is included with source code and it kind of, not source code, I mean, just software, it overlaps there. But it's like Ford or Chevy saying, we're not going to give you the blueprint to uh, repair this engine. We're not going to tell you how these pistons work because it's our, it's our intellectual property. We're not going to tell you how to change the tires and change the brakes because it's special and secret. You got to bring it to us. So it's like that that thinking okay. needs to cross over and still apply in those kind of rights to be able to have access to what I bought. I'm not just renting my 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 Tesla if I, in in reality if I had one. I want to own that thing and be able to do whatever I want with it. But since it's connected to the network, I got to read the EULA and agree to the a little thing I signed to start my car that I'm only going to take it to a Tesla repair shop. Like that's it's a weird future we're living in, but these are the kind of battles that if People don't take these companies to court and try to fight this. And that brings up a good question, though. Companies going more and more e electronic or electric cars, hybrid cars. You're going to see that more and more. I mean, Tesla's the biggest one right now. Um, Porsche has you know, one or two cars. Um, and then you have some EV models and things like that around. But as more and more companies bring their cars to on, I mean, I think Tesla is the only one that's like really, really online. Like, is the one of the few that is, you know, really connected to a network versus just being electronically charged. They can update your car whenever they want. 
and disable features right. remotely and just all sorts of stuff. Get all your diagnostics anytime. Right. So as we go with more cars that are like that, it's going to be interesting how they go about that because yeah, right now it's all fine and dandy. You only got, I mean, you really only have the upper 1%. The upper 1% can afford a Tesla. There's not many people buying Teslas that's below yeah. that upper 1%. But as they become more readily available, then you can have more people, you know, on the streets with cars that are, you know, attached to the, to the network and you can't fix it. Something goes wrong. <laughs> They're gonna you be have pissed. to send it to somebody. Right. So you have to send it to someone. So that's going to suck. But yeah, these electronical companies, these people who make items, they're, they're different in the fact they want you to believe that nobody else can fix something that you know, that's broken of excited for somebody that is certified by their company, which we all know is not true. There's a smart dudes in this world <laughs> yeah. and, and shops that can make stuff, you know, work right. Yeah, but it's kind of funny that right now since it is a small penetration of who has an electric car you don't you don't see electric car repair shops on every corner yet it's going to take a long time oh no to happen you don't just go to a guy oh can you give me this special motherboard super jumper cable thing oh yeah i got one in the back let me get that spare part there are no spare parts for this right it's only through the companies but what's pissing off even the one percent that got those teslas is that some of them have when they have a repair for certain things they say oh it's going to be like four to six weeks so you you just don't have your car for maybe a month or two. And as it can be on a simple repair, a windshield, a doorknob, anything, you're just subject to to Tesla's schedule and if they can fit you in or not. So that's stuff people, if people really start getting a $20,000 Tesla and every, everybody on the block has one and they go to get something fixed, they're going to be a little upset when they can have their car for two months. That's not going to fly. All right. But so yeah, it's crazy. If we don't own our cars though. Do you think you own your games and your music and any kind of software you're buying on your computer? It's about the same thing. Right Wait, now. you telling me I don't own my stuff? What? Man, you own a little a little agreement that you, you can play it for a little while. That's about it. Would I be damned? Yeah, yeah, we are. We are damned. That's for sure. But if you don't know that some of the stuff you're buying digitally right now, you, you're not going to take that to the grave. You're not going to be going to be able to pass that down through your family tree. You can't trade that with your friends. You, you can't get rid of it. Once you buy it, you're uh, you're sitting on it for a while until Amazon or, or Google or Microsoft decide to remove it from your account or delist it from the marketplace, take it away from you, and then poof, you're you're done. It's gone. Man, the sad times we live in, bro. But that's what's kind of upsetting because as much stuff we've put in the cloud these days and and built up these digital libraries and. And it started collecting stuff online and have all these cloud accounts. But at any moment, that stuff can be snatched away from you. Yeah. And, and, and let's separate it from. So your digital media versus games. So well, let's talk about digital media. Right. So in most cases, except for like last episode, we were talking about with music where you probably uploaded your MP3s. Most of your music is not yours it is literally in the cloud or unless you download it which you can now that's the one thing i will say like google music at i don't know about i don't think spotify had it i don't know about probably with apple music too probably because it's slightly different there are stores but you can download whatever song you had in your in your cloud playlist you can download it to your phone directly but i'm pretty sure there's some sort of 
mechanism. Like if you, you know, no longer pay for Google uh, uh, music that you don't, you're not able to access a song anymore. Right. So there's some kind of license check there. So I know you can do it with that, but like with a lot of the movies and things like most, most people do streaming. Netflix, in most cases, I know they used to do this with mobile. I don't know if they still do it, but you could download the movie or a TV show that you're watching to a device, but I don't know if they still do it now, but mostly all of us are streaming. Okay, so they still... Yeah, but this is for, I, yeah. for watching offline, but it's not telling you that you're going to own what you download, but they can deactivate right. it after a certain amount of time. So 90% of... Not even 90 way more than it. Even if you bought it, you spent your money on it. You you're streaming it from a cloud server. It's not really yours, but it's it does suck because a lot of times I've seen this happen a lot of times where you buy something like a movie and like two years later, like the rights of that movie gets destroyed because like there's some music in it and they didn't oh, renew yeah. the license for and it goes away. So it yeah, it's it sucks to to live in a digital world that you really don't own anything in your your especially your digital media section like your movies. I, I know everybody's streaming at this point. I mean, how many how many streaming services you on right now, Chris? Like thirty two, probably thirty two of the hundred at least. It's a handful. It's it's more than uh, more than five, less than ten. Right. So, but the reason why I say I want to separate it from. You know, from gaming, because gaming is the same way too, sort of. I mean, all of us have um, some sort of gaming platform that we're using, and a lot of us are digitally downloading or subscribing to some kind of service. Now, the slight difference there, you if you buy a game on Steam, the game is downloaded to your actual you know computer system. It is on a hard drive. You do actually get the physical copy. Now, it can be delisted from Steam, but the game itself, if it's already on your hard drive, would not be taken out. Like, they won't uninstall the game. Now, I've only t- I've seen it happen one time, and it was with a beta. The game, a demo that I downloaded, it got taken out of demo, so the game itself was on my hard drive, and then all of a sudden uninstalled itself from my hard drive. But I'm pretty sure they had some kind of way to make that happen but most of your gaming library even if you don't own it technically is downloaded to your system and there's ways around it and the reason why i was bringing it up because i mean there are cracks to fix that problem you know what i mean there are there are ways around your game no longer being accessible through a play store that you can get to your actual uh game copy and still play it on your system so the difference between those two is is that yeah, you, you could get around that for sure a little bit with with game crack. It's going to get harder and harder as we get into the future with stuff being in the cloud where you you never get a chance to download it. You just stream it. Like with the Stadia, Stadia store, you don't have access to any of that. So once don't talk once, about Stadia. It's terrible. Yeah, we know that, but we're going to use it as a perfect example in this punching bag. Where if you lose your right. Stadia account or they decide one day, oh, we're we're tired of doing this. This this sucks. We shouldn't have done this. Let's turn it off. And they just turn it all off. Or you lose all the games you bought. And what's funny is that just because it's a digital game, and this has been the truth since digital gaming started rising up uh, in like the Xbox 360, PS3 era, they charge the same price for a digital copy as they do a physical copy. 
They start off, which makes no sense. It has right? never made any sense. It's made sense to them because they get to cut out the retailer and keep that rest of the profit and keep more margin. But they're saving money. It's just a download fee on the internet pipe. That's it. So you're just paying sixty dollars for a digital code or sixty dollars for a physical CD. So it's, just, it's the same stuff. Right. So you don't really get a discount on it unless you're buying something on a massive uh, you know steam sale because right off the bat the game is going to cost the same as a retail copy but you get your abilities to do stuff with that copy you can have it snatched away anytime because like you said you had a game it was a demo but they've done it before with games that were say accidentally released early or uh games that got into a litigation where they had to remove the game they've deactivated games that got into an issue where it was released for like a week and they took it down and they've taken it off people's hard drives and like deactivated it from their account so they can no longer access something that they that they bought. So there, there's situations like that where they can just snatch something from you. And just last year when uh, Telltale, the game company, went out of business, they announced like, oh, at the end of this month, all our games are just going to come off these marketplaces and they're just going to be gone, like gone forever. No, no longer for, for sale because it was one of those licensing situations where somebody else may or may not take it over or there was no no company left to give the money to if anybody bought it, so they just took the games off. So they're gone. So I went on there for myself and made sure I downloaded all of my games because in some cases I had already owned them, but, but some people were saying as the games came off, you were unable to re-download the game you already purchased. Which in rare in rare cases that's happened. Where they won't even let you download a game that you already paid for and they won't give you a, a refund. But so it's kind of scary on that. You don't know what's going to happen with some of these things at any time where uh, a music track could get on license, like you said. Something silly could happen with uh, some company suing another company for the rights to the next Rambo game or something, and then take away something you already bought or just decide to delist it for whoever, whatever reason. And then, whoops, I go to play my game t- tomorrow, and it's just gone, gone out of my library because it doesn't exist anymore. That's just the and that's a really good possibility. It's, it's it's the world we live in for real. So it could be possible that you can own something today and not own it tomorrow just because they have the ability to take it out. And I and, and you're right, like st- services like Stadia, um uh X Cloud, things like that are gonna be you're gonna start get to a point where you're gonna get into the weeds of not being able to own anything because it's going to be more more like the netflix model it's what they normally call net like stadia and x cloud and those things are more of an Netflix model steam and some of the other stores are more of a traditional digital download which are very different um kind of situations uh one one you really don't own anything the other one you kind of don't own it you know it's kind of <laughs> there is a slight difference well, i just remembered but you said, uh this disappeared at any time we we did go through this me more so than you they turned off on live i bought a couple of games on on live back in the day when it was still a service it was a cloud only service you streamed everything yeah, you're the only person who bought some games on Live. I mean, I had even forgot that was even a service. But that right did here. exist. That was like that's eight, 2012, man. basically before it should have even existed. But I did buy a couple games for even yeah. 10, 15, 20 bucks. And when the service went down, the games went away. That was it. There was no transferring your games to another system. There was no, uh, here's a disc copy of what you bought. Here's your money back. It was like, okay, on December 31st, your account's going to be closed. Sorry, the servers are off. Your games are gone. 
And like, that was that. So that's what makes me fearful, especially for people trying to get on Stadia or like going to Cloud Future. You start playing $60 for all these games, and in a couple of years, they decide to shut it down, then you're just shit out of luck. All right. I mean, it's going to hurt my feelings if I turn on my Ouya. I'm like, there you man, go I'm going to play some Ouya games. And it's not working. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rip. But yeah, no, it. Yeah, it's gonna get to that that full digital future where and you don't really own anything. And I and in the honest, the God truth on it is, by the time we get there, I'm pretty sure, just like now with the litigations of people trying to you know force companies to give out their their diagnostics tools and things of that nature, I bet you we run into another. You have to give you know people the ability to access their own stuff if they buy it, which is gonna be so funny when we get to that point. Well, I don't know about the, getting to that point, but they are trying to make it uh, a law in the European Union where the companies have to give you the ability to sell your used digital copy, which there's, there's no difference between uh, a, my digital copy and a new one you hit download now on Steam. It's the same stuff. You don't really use up the bits. It doesn't get, it doesn't get dusty. It doesn't get messed up. It does, the, the disc doesn't get scratched up, but they're trying to give people the ability dusty bits. to resell their digital bits. Well, that, that seems kind of it's it's odd to me because you can just control c control v on anything you have another copy so selling a used copy of a digital game is is very odd but i think in the future companies may turn around to that if they make it laws in more countries and then just they're going to take 30 percent off the top anyway just like ebay and take some money and let you create a copy of call of duty for 20 dollars instead of a new one for 60 one of these days yeah i mean they can now yeah that's a really slippery slope to do that now i do know i mean they were in the news earlier and had you know they they have some shady practices as g2a sort of kind of um sorry g2a you want to sponsor this episode come on down it's been it's been had for a while ncd keys and everybody else like that (laughs) yeah i mean they resell keys so you can you can resell but once you install a key it's installed yeah. but you're talking about something where you actually have a game you play it and you take it off and then be able to sell it that's yeah like that's I, different I, that is, I would sell it to you for less and then it would just disappear from my library but i would be able to get ten dollars and give steam back you know three dollars out of that transaction or something so some weird system i bet it'll exist later on but it's it's, it's just silly to think about selling a digital used copy yeah I mean, I, I can see Steam pulling it off because I mean they already offer the 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 trading cards that you can sell. Could you guys yeah, sell people them to people? Hats you get a card, cards you sell it. Things that don't even exist, right? So I can see them. It can be done. I don't. I don't think they want to do it. Uh, the the company that's gonna do it, if anybody could do it, would be EGS because EGS is trying to do anything they can to pull as many people from Steam and any other game store to their store. They will be the company I see pulling it out. I mean, they already got one of the most outrageous return policies I've ever seen in my life. So, if anybody would try to do it, EGS probably yeah, would. They do may it. give it a shot. They're up for anything at this point. Yeah, especially if they if it's a epic you know, first party game, maybe they actually pull the trigger, see how that works. Cause I, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where if it does happen, it'll be great. But most people, when you buy a game, you're probably, you're either going to play or never going to play it. You're never going to think about trying to sell it more than likely. But looking at a physical copy of a game is different when you're seeing it, you know, sitting there 
and just sitting there looking at you, you're like, man, I'm gonna get rid of you. Um, you know, like unwanted <laughs> kids, but you know, eh, when it's digital, it's just kind of there. It doesn't really take, you don't even have to have it installed. It doesn't take yeah. up space. It just, you know, it's a digital link to exactly. something. I was just telling my digital so. link. Steam workshop marketplace or something. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah, I mean, I can see them doing it if you've never installed it. Like, if you never installed it and it's just sitting in your queue, you can sell it, then that'll be great. But yeah, it, it's going to be hard for them to pull it off. Not, not, because you already know, like you said, you're going to be able to, you know, make a copy of the key and sell it and then wait for them to try to install it and you just take it back. You know, it's, it's too many things that can happen. And if there is a room, wouldn't be for anybody to abuse it somebody's going to abuse it and try to do it at scale and, and ruin it for everybody else. So of course. They're going to have to put a lot of protections in if they even try to get a system like that going that can't be cheated. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully they figure it out sometime soon because I need to sell my five <laughs> copies of uh, Left 4 Dead 2 because I swear I got Dude, 32 I, copies I, of that and, and there ain't no reason why I got it. It's just, it's always I got humble bundle now. keys I haven't redeemed. I need, I need some way to get some money off those games to pay, pay for my other games. So I'm for it. So, well, that was a, another episode, and we we went for the long ride. Hopefully, you enjoyed it, Chris. Thanks for joining. We got on here today. Anytime, man. Anytime. Every week on the weekly, I'll be here. So, ho- hopefully, you come back for the next one. We'll see you on another episode. Thanks. So I just learned. What? A little myth, you know. So I don't know. I don't know how much uh, what you were told when you were a kid, but the white folks told the kids like, "Oh, when you eat, you can't, you can't, you can't go swimming in the pool for thirty minutes, or you'll throw up, you get sick." So yeah. Olivia told me that her parents told her uh, if you eat a lot of rice, you can't go in the pool. <laughs> it was specifically like rice. <laughs>